Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info, I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. And we'll help you for that. So talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll do the October update. So I hope you will enjoy it. So let's start. First, we will start with the implementing plan that uh, the EU Commission is always updating and we have the September update now. And uh, there was some changes and also some elements that were planned but were not delivered. So we'll just go through that. So one of the first thing is about the common specification for non-medical devices. This was pushed to uh, Q1 2022. Uh, so means that yeah, it will not be implemented now. Um, we have a lot of uh, manufacturers that are now starting to contact us uh, related to this non-medical device uh, products. And um, because they want, if I can say, to be ready for uh, UMDR. Why? Because as soon as the common specification for those non-medical device products will be published, then you have six months to implement the UMDR, which is really short. It's short also to identify a notified body if you don't have one. So this is something that I, I'm trying to warn you here. If you are a manufacturer or if you know a manufacturer of non-medical device products like uh, contact lenses that are not used for uh, for view but for coloration of the eye uh, elements like adipo adipolis um, so all those products that are used maybe sometimes on aesthetic um, centers um, all those uh, elements that are used only for aesthetics uh, should be now considered as medical devices uh, this list for non-medical device products are in annex 16 of the EUMDR so just check that and verify and if you are if your products or the products of the person you know is on this list, then please, please, please start your transition to EUMDR as soon as possible. Because after the publication of the common specification, this will be your countdown to uh, the EUMDR. Within the six month period, you have to create all the documentation, create your quality management system, have a notified body that comes and give you a certificate if, if it is needed. Uh, so this is really short to do all this. So um, yeah, if you have any question about that, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Next is about expert panel. So you remember that last time we discussed about the expert panel for MDR. So I just announced you that they opened the expert panel now for IVDR for class D devices. So meaning that anytime you will have a class D device that will go um, to a notified body, the notified body will have to push that to an expert panel uh, for the performance evaluation. Before it was for clinical evaluation. Now it is for performance evaluation. So this is something that you have to be aware of when you will be moving to a notified body, there are, they are not the only ones that will be reviewing your technical file or your, uh, I mean, your performance evaluation. Uh, an expert panel will also do that. So you have to be aware of that. 
Another news, Udamed. So Udamed is now in transition. Uh, so we had three days of uh, Udamed not working uh, because there was a, a major update. And if you go now to Udamed, uh, there is new sections on the public uh, database. So the first section is about devices. Uh, they have promised within the implementing act that, uh, or within also the Udamed um, website, that the device registration module will be available by end of September or by September. So now, um, so we hope that after this major update, then uh, this module will be available and then uh, manufacturers can start to register their devices. It will not be mandatory again. It's just voluntary for now because mainly on the regulation, it says that uh, Udamed should be fully available so that you can do uh, the, the registration. The vigilance reporting is missing, uh, post-marketing surveillance, clinical investigation, clinical reporting also. Uh, so there are still some modules that are missing uh, but this one will be available as soon as it is available please go and check if you can register uh, because mainly uh, if you have only one product it's maybe easy for you to register if you have a big portfolio it can take time so maybe better to start now and um, there is Richard Julian from uh, udamed.com uh, that can help you for that. So he's also providing some trainings if you don't know how to do that. So please contact Richard Julian from udamed.com for, for that. And there is another section that we can see now on the public area, uh, which is certificates. So I just went to it, so it's empty for now. Uh, but there you can see the certificates of the manufacturer that obtained the certificate from a notified body. Also the one that were rejected. So it's also a new thing here. It's not only the one that were accepted, but also the one that were rejected. Uh, so there is a specific section for that. So now, like within the US FDA, for example, within the US database, you can go and check which products are registered uh, in Europe, which uh, company received the certificate, uh, which one is considered as an economic operator, etc, etc. So there will be, as promised by the UMDR, more transparency on all those information, which before were really not available to anyone. I remember before people were asking me, Munir, can you tell us where can I find the products that are CE marked, medical devices that are CE marked in Europe? And the only answer I can tell them is that uh, there is no database, official database. Now we will have one with Udamed. So yeah, let's use that and let's have it as our database to verify that products are correct, to verify also that certificates of manufacturers are valid and there is no fraud here or um, anything that um, manufacturers will lie on saying they are certified when maybe they are not. So this is a tool that anybody can use, then it's public to uh, verify those information. Okay, there is, um, within the UMDR, there is an article, uh, Article 51, uh, for, uh, or 52, can't remember, uh, for uh, conflict in terms of classification of your device. Um, so, in case of a conflict between you and maybe your notified body about the classification of a device, uh, you can reach the competent authorities um, where you are uh, or your authorized representative is, uh, is available. Um, and then there will be a decision in terms of the classification of your device. Um, the um, authorities just published a procedure which is called the Helsinki Procedure uh, 2021, uh, which is defining the rules when a competent authority will receive this kind of request, uh, meaning that sometimes the competent authority can already um, evaluate the classification of a device per the MDR and already tell every all the manufacturers that yes, uh, here is the classification of your device and then every, everything is closed. The other way is that 
competent authorities can talk together. At a certain point, maybe a competent authority will have some difficulties with some products that are really borderline to, uh, to define what is the classification. The Helsinki procedure is then defining the rules. The fact that you have to contact the competent authorities, that maybe the majority of the competent authorities already have an answer to that, so then there will be like a decision, a major decision, or there should be some meetings to discuss those specific cases, etc., etc. So this is an interesting document just for you to understand that if you have a conflict with your notified body uh, or with the competent authority also in terms of the classification there are some rules that will be implemented so that you can get satisfaction uh, for, for it I mean get satisfaction it depends on the outcome <laughs> for sure but um, mainly uh, you will have a process where you can ask uh, for someone to review that and to be sure because yeah if you go from a class 2b maybe to a class 3 um, there is maybe some consequences for you like the expert panel that will be involved or more scrutiny on some of the information or more details etc etc so this is why um, having this tool will help you if i can say uh, verify that you are really on the right classification because even me I'm trying to classify some products and sometimes I, I do a lot of research. I try to look at the rules. I try sometimes to interpret the rules uh, so to define the classification. And maybe sometimes I'm wrong. It's also the, the case. We, there is not like in the US uh, a product code where a code is um, a product that is under this code is classified uh, with a certain class. Here there are some rules and we have to interpret the rules. So um, it's why this is a good tool that maybe will be used uh, by manufacturers. So be uh, aware of that. And if you want to have all the information, you can go on the show notes and you'll get the information there. Okay, MedTech Europe issued a survey. Um, I mean, we alerted about this situation since a long time now. But they issued a survey about the availability of IVD devices by May 2022. Why? Because by May 2022, the IVDR will be implemented. And we know already that a lot of manufacturers will not make it. Why? Because there are only um, few notified bodies. Uh, and uh, the rules have completely changed between IVDD and IVDR, and I talked about that in another podcast that we'll look at that after. Uh, so mainly, um, the MedTech Europe is making uh, uh, this survey so that uh, he asked a lot of manufacturers. And the result is mainly that 22% um, of IVD tests that are actually on the market will be discontinued because they will not be transitioned to the, uh, to the IVDR. And also more, a lot of those tests that are already available on the market will maybe be lost, not because they don't want to be transitioned, but because there is a lake of uh, possibility or resources to transition those devices. So there will be a lot of manufacturers uh, that will be losing, uh, if I can say, some of those products on their portfolio or they have to wait for a certain time before they can make it make them active under IVDR. Uh, what is also mentioned in terms of companies the highest loss uh, in terms of those products will be with small and medium businesses. Uh, those businesses that have low volumes, that have also some products that are niche products, uh, which makes it uh, a bit difficult to sustain with the new IVDR. And we pre they predict that mainly these will be the companies that will be losing markets on IVD. So um, we, we see here that there is a lot of 
consequences of this new IVDR and uh, the, also the, the problem is that a lot of manufacturers didn't make the transition at all. They were waiting, I don't know what, but they were waiting and now they are a bit struggling because uh, also uh, at the end the last conclusion is about the notified bodies. There are only uh, six notified bodies actually for IVDR which makes it like a, a big challenge for IVD companies because a lot of them will need a notified body. I mean, as I said we, on a previous podcast, a lot of them need a notified body now uh, when before they didn't need that. So um, what is predicted is about like 53% of manufacturers will need a notified body and don't have one. So it means that a lot of them make it like 40%. But there are already still 53% that don't have a notified body. And um, notified bodies are taking a waiting list now because they don't have infinite resources. So each time you call them, they will maybe um, pick the phone and tell you, okay, we'll put your name on a waiting list. But more you are waiting, more the waiting list is big and more you will be uh, on, the, on the end uh, for getting certified for your devices. So um, if you are on the IVD business, please read this uh, MedTech Europe uh, survey so that you understand the situation of other um, manufacturers, other IVD manufacturers. Okay, IMDRF is also issuing a guidance uh, a proposed document on artificial intelligence. Uh, so we see and we hear a lot uh, regarding medical devices that artificial intelligence will be the, the next uh, novelty, the next thing that everybody will be working on. And even me, a lot of manufacturers are contacting us for um, software that are using this uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning. And this is something that is really important that now we have uh, those, um, those guidances that are published. As I've told you, the U Europe is also issuing now um, uh, artificial intelligence legislation. So this is something that will come and uh, we discussed about that with Martin, uh, with um, Aptin Rad from Tufsud, uh, where uh, we discussed about the fact that uh, there will be maybe a need for medical device manufacturers that are also using artificial intelligence to have maybe two notified bodies, one for medical devices and one for artificial intelligence because of this new uh, legislation that is coming. So. Um, if you are on this business of artificial intelligence, IMDRF issued this guidance and maybe it will be helpful for you to understand what you have to do uh, to have this uh, within your medical devices because this is something that is new and there is maybe a lot of interpretation and with those guidances, you will know exactly where to go. So this is really important and we'll talk also about that with the MHRA later. Okay, just wanted to announce you also that uh, Easy Medical Device um, will be reissuing a session for the Green Belt Certificate. So I remind you that the Green Belt Certificate is a training that I have uh, compiled where we'll be talking about um, MDR, so mainly how to train your people on MDR. You know that a lot of many, um, notified bodies are asking you, are you trained on MDR? Have you trained your uh, companies, your uh, people on MDR? And we can offer you this training and then uh, offer you also the certificate that goes after that. So um, we'll go mainly um, within five days to discuss with about five modules, which are a general impression of the, the MDR. Uh, 
information about it, uh, the structure, everything. Then we'll go about economic operators, how it is working. We'll go with the classification, conformity assessment, uh, device qualification. Then about technical documentation, clinical evaluation report, PMCF, PMS. And lastly, about UDAMED and UDI. So if you are uh, interested to participate to this training, uh, go on the show notes and uh, you'll see a link for that or go on Easy Medical Device and go to the uh, course section or, the, or shop section. There will be mainly the link for uh, getting uh, to the to the training. Um, so don't hesitate. Uh, this will be, I, I'm, I'm not sure there will be another session uh, this year, but uh, if there is too much participant, then maybe I will create a second session. But don't hesitate to go there so that you can be trained on EUMDR. Okay, now let's talk about Swiss Medic. So we know that we have the Swixit that is existing now. Um, and Swiss Medic has made an information session on September 2nd, 2021. And there was a lot of information there about the Swiss situation, the regulation in Switzerland, etc. Uh, and everything is available. All the presentations are available. You can go also on the show notes. They will talk about clinical trials, about manufacturer obligation, about Swiss representative, importer, distributors, about registration and reporting of vigilance, uh, by economic operator, the post-marketing surveillance, etc., etc. So, if you are um, interested to understand more the regulation in Switzerland now with uh, this um, mutual recognition agreement that is not signed, then you can go there and you will see all the presentation made with all the information that uh, are will be maybe interesting for you to understand. Just remind you that uh, Swiss Medic has mainly. Uh, copied a lot of things from uh, from UMDR to the to Swiss mainly because I hope they will sign this MRA so then everything will be similar but there are still some subtleties related for example the Swiss representative the importer that is completely different than what you have actually in Europe so it's mainly something that um, that um, can be considered and also the fact that Swiss manufacturers when they go to Europe now they are considered as a uh, as a third party company so they are not part anymore of the European Union so there are also some rules about that but uh, yeah you can go to the show notes and see the link where you will be uh, looking at all the, the the presentation that were done during that day Another news about Swiss Medic Switzerland so it's about combination products uh, so um, the same as what we have in EUMDR, they talk about uh, products that are combined uh, in the same package, co-package, or combined as an integral part. So if your product is combined, means that you have in the same package a drug, a vial with a drug, and for example, a syringe that is empty, uh, which is a medical device, then the syringe need a uh, Swiss authorized representative, not the vial. So really this is the point here. But if your product is a drug and um, contains as an integral part, a medical device, then it doesn't need a Swiss representative, uh, mainly because it's considered as a drug and not as a medical device. So these are rules that are also applying to Switzerland. So if you are selling, even as a pharmaceutical company, uh, a product that contains a medical device in Switzerland, you have to understand that a Swiss representative is also needed uh, for uh, placing your device on the Swiss market. There are some rules and transition periods for Swiss representative, uh, but mainly you have to have one available. And um, if you want, uh, if you are still looking for a Swiss representative, Easy Medical Device is offering this service, so don't hesitate to contact us at Swiss at easymedicaldevice.com. Swiss at easymedicaldevice.com. We'll be really happy to help you on that. 
Now MHRA, so after Swixit, Brexit, so what's happening within the UK? Um, because UK is also uh, moving fast with also their uh, regulations, guidance uh, within medical devices. And first we have um, uh, MHRA issued um, information about transforming the regulation of software and artificial intelligence as medical devices. As I've told you, MHRA is also transition related to artificial intelligence. And they have created a program uh, for, for this with a lot of working group, working projects, uh, one about qualification, classification, pre-market, post-market, uh, cyber secure medical devices, innovative access, um, SAMD airlock, uh, I'm not aware of all those vocabulary because I'm not a specialist, but I, I read that and it, I don't want to, to describe it because maybe I will not say it right. Uh, mobile health and app, uh, applications, project AI rig or AI rigor, uh, project glass box, project ship of thesis. Uh, so you see here that there are a lot of specific things that are for this artificial intelligence or software industry. Uh, so you have if you are on this business and if you are going to the MHRA or to the UK market, you have to understand that there are a lot of things that are done there and you have maybe you are maybe interested to read what they are doing, what is the project, what is exactly the program that they are talking about. Everything is on the show notes as I've said so you can go and check that if you are on the artificial intelligence business. Next is about uh, MHRA still with the transition uh, of to the new um, MHRA or UK regulation for medical devices. So they have um, published a, a web page with a lot of documentation PDF for the consultation regarding the medical device regulation in the UK. Uh, so mainly you know that uh, CE marking is accepted in the UK for medical devices until June 2023. Then after that you have to move to the UKCA and here they are publishing the legislation that will be in place and uh, this is important that you go you check it if you are on this um, medical device business and if you want to have some impact uh, to it because uh, this consultation is really important it ends uh, i think the 25th of november so uh, you can see all the chapters all the questions also there are there are some questions inside it's not like giving you just the text and, and all they are asking you specific questions at certain points uh, so that you can uh, tell yes you prefer this or you prefer that and there is then a possibility for you to answer this consultation and to give your uh, comments or proposal uh, to the mhra so uh, go also to the show notes and check uh, all the information related to this um, consultation uh, there are 17 chapters of documents that you have to, to look at uh, so maybe if you are not interested to everything you have there is maybe a specific section that is really uh, important for you so you can go just to this section and then uh, you will be providing your comments for this section specifically and lastly, the MHR also uh, is issuing a webinar for consulting on the future of medical device regulation for, for the industry. Uh, so this is something that uh, is uh, already available and you can look at that. Uh, so this is, um, uh, you can register, I mean, for, for it. So uh, you go, you register and you can get access to it. Uh, so I think it will be interesting because they will talk mainly about the next uh, situation related to uh, uh, MHRA regulation. Uh, so if you want to be aware of this, then and this is maybe the right place to go. 
And the last point about MHRA, so MHRA is also warning about renewals. So what does it mean? It means that uh, when you are registering, I, for example, uh, I with Easy Medical Device, I'm registering a lot of devices uh, as UK responsible person for manufacturers. So uh, they are asking us to uh, verify the registration uh, again, to verify that everything is fine or to update the registration. And they are asking to do that every year uh, or every two years in future, but the first year will be every year. So it means that if you have created your, um, you have registered your products before, for example, Ju uh, January 2021, uh, then uh, you will be warned by January 2022 uh, to do a check of the products again and to verify if there is any renewal to be done. But er the, the anniversary of the first anniversary of your registration, uh, MHRA will ask you to just make a check and verify that everything is fine. It is recommended by them to uh, verify, as I've said, every year or every two years, but to uh, update each time there is a need for that. Okay, let's go now to Spain. So Spain has issued with um, the AEMPS, which is the authority in Spain for medical devices, and the Carlos III Health Institute, a national registry for uh, circulatory and respiratory assistance devices in Spain. So mainly, this is a combined um, uh, effort to gather information about devices uh, that are used for uh, circulatory and respiratory. Um, so mainly, the objective is to gather information and then to define uh, what are the situation about those devices, what they are doing and how it is uh, working. So if you want to know more, go on the show notes. Uh, there is also a video that they are publishing. So if you are a manufacturer of a circulatory or respiratory device, uh, you can maybe look at what they are doing there and maybe your device will be part also of this registry because there is around five or six associations, uh, medical associations that will be part also of this, uh, this program. Uh, so this can be maybe something where you can also uh, get some information about it so uh, go uh, on, the, on the show notes and you will see also the, the link the other thing is that uh, the AEMPS, so uh, the Spanish uh, Health Authority, also informed about uh, something. So, um, as, as we told, uh, Swiss um, is now existed from the European Union. Uh, it means that any Swiss manufacturer that wants to sell their products in Europe, they have now to update their uh, labels to include an authorized representative and uh, maybe also an importer. And the thing is that um, the Spanish authority give a deadline until September 30th, 2021 to do this change to manufacturers. But apparently it's too short for a lot of manufacturers. So now they accepted to do this transition until September 30th, 2022. So one year later. But uh, what's the situation with other countries? So mainly apparently this is a Spanish decision. Um, is Are other countries also deciding the same? So there is no harmonization here. Each country is deciding what they are doing apparently. But Spain, Spain uh, said mainly that they will extend this, uh, this, uh, this uh, element for, for the manufacturers. Okay, now let's go to the US with the FDA that uh, has published now uh, the, an update related to the uh, registration and listing of devices uh, within the US. Uh, the fee for 2022 uh, is now uh, um, public and it is about $5,672 uh, for small 
or um, big businesses or standard businesses. So uh, this is something that normally uh, every year is paid by the manufacturers that are registered within the US. So you have to go there and to check if you are subject to this. Uh, I have also put on the show notes a link where it is mentioning if you are subject to this payment or not. It tells you if you are an importer or a, a distributor or manufacturer or whatever. Uh, then it tells you exactly if you have to pay or not this fee, who is obliged to pay this fee or not. So uh, go to the show notes and, and check that directly. Okay, so notified bodies. So what's the situation for notified bodies? So this month in September, uh, we had one additional notified body for MDR, which is Tuv Rhineland uh, Italia SRL. So uh, mainly this notified body uh, is now accredited for EUMDR 2017-745. And we have the count, which is 23 notified bodies under MDR and six under IVDR. So the number is still low. Um, I mean, uh, we, we, we are really uh, a bit disappointed somehow to say that we are nearly at the end of 2021 still at 23 notified bodies for MDR but worst as we said before a six for IVDR is really nothing and this is mainly something that can be of concern for a lot of manufacturers um, so yeah please 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 more notified bodies for manufacturers uh, so uh, I have a lot of manufacturers that are contacting me and trying to get um, an audit by end of this year and I already tell them it's impossible uh, nearly if you don't have already a notified body uh, to get audited by end of this year uh, so mainly uh, there will be as I've said to you uh, a, a long list a waiting list that the notified bodies will be building uh, so this is a, a, a really bad situation for everyone but you have to understand that yeah this is not something that um, mainly um, a lot of manufacturers were um, were anticipating and this is mainly the reason now so um, yeah yeah, be strong and try to understand uh, the situation of notified bodies. We discussed that with a lot of them and they know the situation and they are really sorry for that. But uh, yeah, there is no real choice here. Now guidances. So we don't have this month any MDCG guidance that were that were issued. Uh, so mainly, um, yeah, maybe there will be more uh, that will be coming, but now there is no uh, MDCG guidance more, but there are some other guidances that were issued. For example, the first one is about uh, MHRA that issued a guidance on the borderline uh, with medical devices. As I've told you before, there can be some uh, also um, conflicts in terms of classification of medical devices. And here they are talking more about qualification of medical devices. Is this a medical device or not? And they received maybe a lot of questions because of uh, the Brexit, uh, because sometimes uh, MHRA is not considering the medical device the same as for Europe. So it's why it's important to have this document. So this guideline is providing you with the information, uh, is this a medical device or not uh, within the UK market? And for example, you have some example like biocides uh, where we, we can decide yes or no, it's a medical device. If it is a biocide for uh, disinfecting medical devices, then yes, it's a medical device. If it's a, a biocide for general use, like room cleaning or whatever, no, it's not a medical device. So you have to understand that. So there is a lot of, um, a lot of elements that were discussed uh, on this guidance, like personal protective equipment like software. Uh, so you can go through that to understand if your product is a medical device or not. They talk also about um, product for sport, for leisure, uh, where they say it can be a medical device in certain conditions. So you can also uh, look at that and, and define it. So if you are um, asking yourself, maybe my product is not a medical device, you have now this guidance to help you. 
and the US issued a guidance related to the e-submission, so electronic submission of FDA 510K. So they are explaining to you how, um, how to present your documentation, how to present all the information. They give you also a table with all the chapters that should be on your 510K, how it is, how it is uh, delivered, etc. Uh, so this is maybe something that can help you in case you uh, will be uh, submitting electronically your um, 510K. Uh, there is all the information inside and there is a lot of links on how this and how that. So uh, if you are in the process now, maybe this one will be really something that will help you uh, for, for the submission. If you have any other question anywhere on any of what we talked about, even the 510k uh, submission, don't hesitate. Send me an, an email at info at easymedicaldevice.com, info at easymedicaldevice.com, and we can talk about that and I can guide you on this. Okay, so what happened within Easy Medical Device last month? So on the podcast, we had four episodes. The first episode, episode 144, uh, where we talked about um, the fact that um, is it good or not, uh, a good idea or not to uh, sue your notified body. So we had that with Eric Volbrecht. It was really a great episode because mainly we talked about uh, things that uh, are, um, a lot of manufacturers are, are telling us asking, oh, uh, notified body is too late for this, or they are not doing that correctly, or that they are providing me too much non-conformances, etc. Can I sue them? Because mainly I'm paying them to be providing me a certificate. Uh, but yeah, listen to this episode because we provided all the elements where we say when you can sue them, when maybe it's not a good idea, what is maybe a strategy to go and discuss with them, etc., etc. Because there are some non-return point if I can say and we discussed that also uh, within the, the 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 episode because as soon as you reach a certain limit you cannot go back and also notified bodies cannot do anything for you anymore so uh, this is something that you have really to understand so don't hesitate go to episode 144 on the show notes so for for looking at that next episode 145 it's about how to manage your IVDR transitional period. So um, I, I, I tried on this episode to explain to you uh, the IVDR transition period, the fact that in 26th of May 2022, then a transition period can start, but that 97% of the products that are already on the market will not benefit from this transition period, that maybe a few of them will benefit, which means that every product should be IVDR compliant by May 26, 2022, which is a challenge as we discussed just before also with the MedTech Europe uh, survey. So um, if you want to, if you are an IVDR company and you want more detail about that, you can go on this episode and you will understand why the transition period is, can be really a nightmare for you. The next one is about uh, episode 146, uh, how to collect clinical data in the 21st century. So mainly we talked with uh, Jan Bergsteinson from Smartreal uh, about the fact that uh, we are not collecting anymore those clinical data through paper, but through digital tools. And we talked about the, the advantages, the inconvenient, who is using those digital tools, uh, the fact that now yeah, it's, it's becoming more and more common uh, to use digitalization for that. And the last episode, episode 147, uh, which is why does importer and distributor need a notified body? And we had that with Eric Volbrecht. Uh, so you have to know that Article 16.4 is requiring you to have a quality management system, to have uh, some documentation, etc. in case you are doing translation or repackaging of your device, if you are an importer and a distributor. So we tell you exactly um, when you need to have a notified body or when you don't need. And uh, yeah, there is an IMDCG guidance related to that. 
and the fact is uh, there are some some important distributors that will maybe need to stop translation or repackaging of their products if they want uh, to move forward without a notified body otherwise they will need a notified body and as we discussed since the beginning obtaining a notified body asking them to come to make an audit is can be a nightmare and this should be available by now it's not like in three months of the transition no it's by now so there is this mdcg guidance that exists but you can go to the episode 147 uh, to get more information about this uh, this article and the interpretation of this article okay so it was a pleasure to have you on this podcast episode I hope really that uh, the, all the information here were uh, helpful for you. As I've said, if you have any information, uh, if you need any information, if you need also support for uh, your uh, yeah your products, uh, for your projects, don't hesitate to send me an email at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. And I will try to help you there. So if you are listening to this podcast, if you are also looking at the video, don't hesitate to make a like or a comment also, or share that also with your colleagues that are really needing to understand more a medical device regulation i would be really uh, it would be really a pleasure for me that i can help more people through you so thank you very much and i wish you a nice day thanks for listening so if you like this episode please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it and also don't forget to share it with your colleagues thank you very much